Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni and Trioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Holy shit, guys. This is the, this is so, this is so weird. I have never, like, never heard the audio that my mic is picking up before. Like, I've never actually heard it, which sounds weird. And that's probably not the right way to explain it, but like, so the setup that I have is normally I have my microphone connected to a pair of headphones, which I obviously put in, and then I have it connected to another cord, which plugs into my phone, and then I record from my uh, my hosting provider, which is Anchor. Uh, that's totally sponsored. You should you should definitely check them out. Uh, so maybe I'll start earning money. Uh, not that it's all about money. Listen, anyway, I I've never heard like an amplified audio from my mic. Like it's just I haven't heard anything from the headphones. But that's recording on my phone. This time I decided, well, why don't I just adjust the cord setup a little bit? And I wanted to try the setup on my laptop, like try to record from the Anchor website and see how that sounded, what happened, if it's easier in any way. It's so weird. Like I can hear, I can't, I, I am so loud in the recording, I can't hear myself talk. Like I'm hearing the recording of myself and I can hear every move I make. Like, I don't know if you guys just heard that, but I can hear like myself just lightly brushing the table. Like, I'm not, like, like with my hand. Like, it's not even like I have, like, rough clothing on or anything. It's it's the weirdest thing. But I listen back to the audio, and you can't really tell a difference. So I guess that's good. I don't know. I don't know why anything changed. And it wasn't even, like, that I plugged it into my computer, and then everything changed. It was like I put my headphones in, and I turned the mic on, and then... I heard stuff, and it was so weird. I'm not used to it. Never, never experienced it this way before. But we're gonna try. This is, uh, this is a something, something that I've, I've kind of, I don't know, thought about, but never thought it could actually happen. Uh, f- for a while, I, you know, it was kind of an idea I had kicking around in the back of my head. But this is a series that I it was kind of a blind spot for me. Like I know that everyone loves it and that it's regarded as one of the best, if not the best adaptation of Batman outside of the comics. And so, you know, there's a lot of very lofty expectations that I wanted to check it out someday, but it's just so intimidating, you know, once all that's heaped upon it. So I, the other day I got a free trial of DC universe, which is the only legal way to stream this series. And you've probably guessed by now the series I'm talking about based on the title is Batman the Animated Series. And, uh, well, I got it with the intention of watching Doom Patrol because I acquired the first couple of episodes totally legally and I thought that they were really good, but I definitely didn't feel like paying for a DC-only subscription service just to watch that because I've also watched Titans. Why Why did I say it like that? I've also watched Titans. No, I've also watched Titans, and I hated it. It's genuinely one of the worst things on television, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, we're not here about, to talk about Doom Patrol either, because I didn't even make it out of the like the second episode uh, with my free trial. Not that I didn't have enough time or anything, just that I didn't get to it. I kind of got distracted by the other things that were on that service, and the most important of those things were Batman the Animated Series and the movie Batman Mask of the Phantasm. 
So that's what I'm going to talk about briefly today, and I think that this is maybe a beneficial discussion because this is a series that, you know, like I said, it's very well regarded, but people don't talk about it as much anymore, and especially not Batman the Mask the Phantasm. I don't hear that in conversation a lot nowadays, and I, I think that should change. When we're talking about great animated movies, I mean, Spider-Verse obviously takes the cake. That's kind of what everyone's focused on right now, but don't sleep on Batman, all right? Mask of the Phantasm is a really, really great movie, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's start off with the classic, the one, the only, Batman the Animated Series. So I obviously didn't have enough time in one week to watch every episode. I mean, I probably did if I didn't sleep and didn't go to the bathroom. I mean, it's not that long of a show, but still, I think that would be a little unrealistic, especially since I, you know, have a, a life uh, outside of, of watching cartoons for children. So I watched like a select few classic episodes, uh, That those being Heart of Ice, or oh, I, might, I might forget some. Heart of Ice, Beware the Grey Ghost, um, Two-Face Part 1 and 2, uh, what was the first one I watched? Because this was like, it's like a big one for me. Oh, I watched, um, Legends of the Batman, I think that's what it's called? That can't be what it's called. Legends of the Dark Knight, something like that. It's the one where they have all those kids, and they're all telling their different versions of Batman, and then they actually meet Batman, and he saves them. It's whatever that one is. Someone out there knows. Uh, shoot. I feel so stupid. I should have wrote these down. That would have been so much easier. But anyway, that's that's the gist. Those are, those are some pretty classic episodes. I know I'm missing something super important, but I can't think of it right now. So, obviously, right off the bat, this is... Uh, right off the bat, it is. It really is. Uh, no. It's very well animated. That's one of the things that struck me immediately. Like, I love how beautiful it is and how the the style of the show perfectly fits with uh, with like, the style of storytelling. And it's just an aesthetic that goes perfectly with this character. It's amazing. Like, it oh, almost got him. It was almost got him. Uh, so, yeah, I watched two Facebook one and two. Heart of Ice, um, Gregos, yeah, almost got him. That was what I was thinking of. I intention, I intended to watch a few more classic ones like Laughing Fish and um, The Joker's Favor. I really wanted to get to those. I even downloaded them, but I, I just didn't get time. Like I, the subscription was going to run out, and I didn't want you know the automatic transaction to to come out of my bank account, so I canceled it before, and I just didn't get a chance to watch everything, but, uh, either way, I, I love the, the animation style, it's, like, so dark and moody, and I love how it's, you can't really define it to a time period, but it seems like, like it's in a time before, it's got, like, a, like, a very retro vibe, so it was obviously set in a time before it was made, and then that gives it kind of a timeless quality, which I really enjoyed. And I think Batman just fits so perfectly into this world. It's stylized just enough, like it's still realistic, which is something that I appreciate about this character, but it's also, it's just got, you know, a bit of comic bookiness. Like it's still, it's still a series that has a lot of style, and and I think that's really cool. I 
I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but I don't love when Gotham City is just Chicago, like in a, or, or just Pittsburgh. I prefer when it's a little more moody and it's a little more gothic. So that's why the decision to shoot like on location in, in London and a few other places around the UK for this new movie, which is, you know, pretty much exactly the reason why I've been really diving back into this character in a way I haven't in, in a while. Um, I mean, that's just sounds like a great decision to me to, to shoot it in places like that. I think that'll give the movie a lot of atmosphere that is sometimes missing from other adaptations of this character. So I think that's one of the things that the series nails immediately. And then from that, yeah, obviously this goes without saying, but the characterization of Bruce Wayne slash Batman, like it's, it's really damn good. The, the voice acting is obviously amazing. Cameron Conroy is, uh, is the goat. uh, And when it comes to this character and there's a reason why, you know, he's pretty much the go-to whenever they're going to adapt him in, in some new form of animation or, um, or like a video game or something, because he really is fantastic. Like he pulls off, uh, the comedic moments. He pulls off the parts of, uh, the parts of it when it's like Bruce Wayne's playboy slash public persona kind of thing. And And it's totally different from his Batman voice. Like the Batman voice is different, but it's not overdone, but you could still see them separately. And if someone told me they were different actors portraying Bruce Wayne and Batman, I actually, like, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they, they sound different and it's, it's really a great job considering it is just one person and they're adding so much character without, you know, you ever seeing them face their face or their emotions. It's just, it's just their voice, which that's the talent level to pull something like that off is, is crazy. And that goes for the entire cast. I don't, Oh man, I I don't know all of their names, but Gordon's great. Um, Mark Hamill's Joker is obviously great. That's another one that goes without saying. Um, yeah, yeah, Gordon Harvey Dent is really good. Like everyone, it's it's a really really great cast. It's some of the the best voice work that I think you'll find from that era. And that's another thing that struck me right away. And then yeah, just the. In general, the, when it comes down to the plots and the story and the actual themes that the episodes that I watched in particular, the ones that they're exploring, I think that they're so awesome and they do something that I think children's entertainment doesn't do enough of anymore, which is like legitimately challenge kids. Like it's, you can enjoy it as an adult, you can enjoy it as a teenager, whatever, but it goes beyond nostalgia because even when it was being put forth to its intended audience at the time, it still was like elevating, you know, what, what was there on the page. Like it was still there to explore, uh, interesting and and strange themes and like provide good mysteries and, and good action and everything. And it's just, it's all very well told. And I think that not talking down to kids is something that really contributes to the longevity of this property. Like I wish, I wish I had written the, the line down and it's kind of funny because it's when, when it happened, I was like, I should write that down because I know I'm going to want to touch on it on the podcast. And I know by the time I record, I'm going to forget what the line was. And what do you know? I didn't write it down and I did forget, but there's a line in the first part of the Harvey, the, the two face episode where it 
it's like right before the very end of that episode, like the cliffhanger. And uh, obviously this is this is a terrible description because I don't actually have the line, but it really blew me away. Like, holy shit, this was written for kids? And like, yeah, it does get a little cartoony and overdone at certain points with um, with how quickly and how incredibly angry he gets. Like, it's not, there's no steady, steady buildup. Like, I understand it's supposed to be the flip of the switch. Like, it's multiple personalities that I understand. But it is still a little cartoonish and over the top how angry he gets and how you know, because it's animated, it's so expressive that it does kind of come off as is a little ridiculous, but like not so much that it pulls me out of the episode. I understand that while they're trying to explore what it would be like to, to see yourself and not recognize yourself and how that would affect the people around you to have a friend and a lover and, and, and stuff like that, where you you don't recognize them anymore or you can be talking to them, but you're not talking to them. Um, that stuff, while it is complex and incredibly interesting, it's still obviously a show for kids. Like it, it's not, they're not going to, you know, this isn't freaking, I don't know, a Gaspar no movie. This is, you know, this is still something that has to be easily understood, but just the fact that they went there, that's what I appreciated. And I think, that that episode is a shining example of it, and then, um, there was a line in God. I hate myself. I should have just written these down. There's a line in Heart of Ice too. I'm sure there's tons of lines in Heart of Ice that you could isolate as an amazing piece of writing. But I mean, Heart of Ice in general is such a good episode. Like these are really awesome because I tend to like the one of my favorite things about TV and. And even cartoons, to a certain degree, is the fact that they provide an outlet for long-form storytelling. I'm a huge, um, huge fan of long-form storytelling. I have been even since I was younger, and I would read more like actual novels than than uh, comics. I still loved to see like like a, like a series, like the progression of a series. That was one of my favorite things to read. I rarely ever read like a standalone book, so. I usually love when there's an overarching narrative, but in this case, I enjoyed that it wasn't serialized and that every episode was its own self-contained story. And I think that was really, really awesome. And I loved the fact that you have, um, you have Heart of Ice where you're telling like, it's a little bit of a mystery because if you didn't know his origin, if you didn't know where that was all headed, then you would see Batman solving his way through these crimes and trying to find the culprit. And then once you actually get to the culprit, it turns out that he's not really all bad. He's doing the right thing, or, or he sees it to be in his own eyes, but it's obviously for the wrong reason, and um, and he's going about it in the wrong way. But it stems from from him being wronged and, and him losing something very important to him. And the animation and the atmosphere of the episode and the voice acting, everything, it coalesces in a way that's so perfect. And it just, it creates a fantastic product. And that's, that was definitely uh, one of my favorite episodes of the, of the select few that I watched. I think I liked, I, I, yeah, you know what? I think that was my favorite. And then below that would be the Harvey, or why do I keep saying that? The, the two phase episodes. And then probably below that would be Almost Got em, And then Legends of the Dark Knight. And then at the very bottom, well, no. I, well. 
yeah, probably the last one would be Grey Ghost, because it just doesn't have, like, a ton going on, it's really riding, like, it's, it, it's mostly predicated on the fact that they got Adam West to, to voice a character, and it's, like, got the nostalgia of, of where Batman kind of came from, and it is, in its own respect, a really great story, but it's not, like, super groundbreaking, like the, the other ones I mentioned before, so I think that it would go, it would be kind of tied with Legends of the Dark Knight, or whatever that one's called, but anyway, uh, I probably talked about this long enough, I, I know I'm still gonna try to, to discuss an entire movie in here, so, so obviously, needless to say, if you're a Batman fan, if you're an animation fan, if you're looking for something fun to just watch in, like, self-contained 20-25 minute increments, I would highly recommend this. This is a really great series that I think is definitely worth revisiting. You can, you don't actually have to get DC Universe. You could just, like, look it up on Daily Motion. It's, it's all there. So, yeah, uh, definitely would recommend this. And then, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. This is all the same things with the voice acting and the atmosphere and the animation that I already said. It's all great. And then, oh, ooh, the music, too. The music. The opening credit sequence to Batman the Animated Series is really famous, and for a good reason. The Shirley Walker, Shirley Walker score is phenomenal. It really, you know, it contributes in a large part to the to the mood of the series, and it's all, it's like taking influence from Danny Elfman's scores of past, but weaving in new elements, and it's all very, like, tragic and, and epic and beautiful. It's a great, you know, a lot of them are, the songs that are played throughout the series and throughout the movie are great pieces of music, so I did want to highlight that really quick, but I love that this takes a look at Batman's origin, but doesn't, like, it's very different from what we would normally see, like, it doesn't start with the murder and go all the way through like Batman Begins does, or The Man Who Falls does, or something like that. It jumps in at, like, the halfway point of Batman Begins, like, I kind of envision it almost at the scene where he is trying out the suit for the first time with the ski mask, and he goes down into Gordon's office and uses a stapler as a gun and, like, and kind of half-threatens him and, like, into working with him and then runs away. It's, like, that kind of whole scene, like, that sort of, like, semi-failed field test, like, getting to know what you need and what you don't and everything, and then refining the persona as you go. Like, it jumps in at that point. And you see everything from that point on, and it's even very visually derivative. Like they're they're very they look very similar. I'm saying that maybe begins is visually derivative. I know that uh, Phantasm came first, but um, but anyway, so you jump in there, but then they they tell like a, a very different story where, uh, you you see that he was in love at one point, and uh, Andrea Beaumont is is the the lover in question. And she comes in and changes the plan. And again, this is, it's obviously not the most nuanced thing in the world, but it's such an interesting and unique story to see them examine a point where he could have zigged, like he, like he zigged when he could have zagged. Like he tried to go for a different path and it, and it just wasn't the path that he was destined to have. And I love the scene. It's very famous, but I love the scene where He's breaking down in front of his parents' grave, and he's like, I didn't count on this, I didn't count on being happy, like, please let me know that it's okay, and and obviously, people around him are like telling him, this is what they would have wanted, but he just cannot let it go, that there's a possibility for him to, to, to do more good in an ultimate way. 
Um, I I love all that, and I love how you're getting the flashbacks like very intermittently. So you're unraveling the mystery of who this woman was and and what happened to their love as you're going through the mystery of everything that's happening with the phantasm and. They're telling it in a story structure that I think works incredibly well for Batman, which is where you start in the beginning with introducing a mystery, and you go through the mystery with Batman. I think that's one of the best ways to tell a Batman story. It sounds really vague, but I think a lot of really classic stories do it. Like, this this does, um, Long Halloween does, which is my favorite Batman story, Dark Victory does, and obviously that, that that's only a select three examples. I'm sure I could find more if I really looked. But I'm just looking at purely classics. I know that there are others that don't strictly adhere to this very, very basic story structure. But I love when, when that's when that's the premise that they're they're hitting the, this with. Um, a little slept on, but uh, the Batman Earth One comics, the second volume of that, starts with like the Riddler is killing people if they don't answer riddles correctly, and so Batman starts investigating that mystery, and that leads him down you know, a path where he uh, inter- intertwines with, like, Killer Croc and uh, Catwoman, and the Riddler eventually, you know, once he finds him and captures him. And I just think that that's a really great way to tell a Batman story, because it keeps it moving, it keeps you intrigued, there's, like, a like a set goal, it's not too crazy, it's like, it's, it's really focused, and it's, it's awesome. I love that that's the starting point, and I love how that allows us to reveal a lot of information as we go and, and keeps the story moving with a pretty incredible sense of momentum. And then beyond that, I just, I love how, like how deep into the, into the world of Batman this, this goes, like whether it be his training or like his origin. And then just, I love all the, the scenes of like mob bureaucracy and all the different crosses and double crosses and, like, give me the money, and I will, and then it's like, it turns out I don't have the money, so we have to run, and this jinks up that, and, like, experiences from the past that come to haunt you in the future, and, and everything, and that's so amazing, that's some of my favorite stuff in this movie, and, and I love, uh, I love, I love how it explores those aspects of the world, so, uh, yeah, man, that's a very simplistic way to to say it, but I I love all that, and I love the element of him being like inadvertently framed for for the murders, and how that leads him into conflict with the police. I love scenes like that where he has to escape capture, and it's like him and Gordon versus basically the rest of the city. That stuff's awesome. The the only thing though, I guess I would say is I wish this did have more Gordon. Like Gordon obviously plays. Uh, he plays a role, but it's not a very big role. And I think that if there was more conversations between him and Batman, like Batman being like, hey, man, I really didn't do this. And here's my evidence. And, and Gordon's like, all right, I'll keep it hush hush, but I'll, I'll try to investigate further, something like that. But but I mean, that, that's kind of that's kind of minor. The, the Batman the Animated Series does a great job on its own of uh, of exploring their relationship. So I think it's OK. But Anyway, that's, yeah, that's my thoughts on Mask of the Phantasm. I, I love it, and I think that if you haven't checked it out, you, you definitely should. You'll probably love it, too. It's a really, really great, uh, Batman story, so, yeah, that's that. All right, uh.
I'm going to wind things down with saying one thing that I'm grateful for. And then uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. All right. So, hmm, what am I grateful for? A lot of things. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick a nice poignant one. Because I would say that I'm grateful for within, you know, we're in the midst of, of a kind of scary time where it seems like almost every day there's a different, uh, different article about the spread of the coronavirus. I know it's technically called COVID-19. I don't care. Uh, coronavirus is a better name. Apparently idiots were being confused that it was the beer. I, I can't even. But, uh, but, but yeah, I am glad that for now, obviously I don't want to sound too Overzealous isn't the right word, but I think you know what I mean. I'm grateful that me and my friends and my family are, all have our safety and our health. And I'm glad that there are people around the world working around the clock to keep us safe and try to prevent this from spreading further than it has so far and trying to develop vaccines that can help us get through this and combat this. And I think that's really amazing. And despite how scary it is, it's great to have people like that out there that can that can and are doing their best to keep us safe and i'm of course very thankful that my myself and my my family and friends are are so far healthy and safe that's that's good i'm i'm glad that it has affected you know my my circle and my community and that's yeah that's what i'm grateful for i don't know if that sounds bad or, or like hockey or something but that's you know that grateful means that you're like thankful for it so I'm thankful that that we're we're good we're good for now and then I'm also oh shit, I really wish I could have caught you guys up a little more but this is already running longer than I wanted it to and I really need to go to bed but um but I am also grateful that my my parents are amazing and they surprised me with uh the fact that we will be taking a trip to chicago the first week that uh, i get out of school so i've wanted to go to chicago for a while like if you gave me the choice you can go to one city you haven't been to before and you know you hand me a giant list chicago's gonna be at the top of it like 100 percent of the time i want to go to chicago sneaker shopping famous landmarks ferris bueller's day off all kinds of shit. I'm so excited to go, and yeah, we're we're going. Uh, very surprised, but I'm very fortunate and very excited to go and to and to experience a bunch of things that I've been waiting to for a while. And to have more stories to tell on the podcast, it's going to be amazing, and uh, I'm so excited. So thank you to them, and I'm thankful that that is something that we can and are going to be able to do. And then, yeah, that's, that's awesome. We're going to have some great stories coming up. I'm going to Cleveland pretty soon and then Chicago. So, you know, this, this podcast is, is going to have some cool city stories, I, I, I hope. And then, yeah, I have some other stuff, but it's, all right. it's, it's getting late. This is running long. I don't think that many of you really want to listen to a nearly 30-minute podcast about Batman the Animated Series. So... I'm going to peace out and sign off. Uh, if you want to reach the show, you can email at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. I'll get back to you as promptly as possible with whatever comments, uh, suggestions, questions, whatever you want to tell me. I- I'd love to hear it. 
if you want to reach me or the show on social media, you can check out my personal page at GVangioli1. That's where I post pictures of shoes I bought, cities I've been to. That's kind of about it. Um, parties, I guess, something like, yeah, that kind of stuff. Song recommendations usually go up in my store, so if all that sounds good to you, you should definitely follow GVangioli1. And then if you want to keep up with the show and get post, uh, posts that, that will tell you what they're about and and updates when new episodes have been posted, then you could follow at Movies More Pod on Instagram. That's a, a great way to keep up with the show. So, yeah, and if you've done all that, but you're like, I want to still show more of my support, have you left a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts? Because that would be tremendous and helps out the show a lot. So do that. If you haven't, you can do it right in app. It takes, like, five minutes, and it's awesome. So... Thank you very much for listening. As always, I hope you uh, you guys are safe out there and happy and healthy and, and, and good. Uh, you should watch Batman the Animated Series. Uh, peace. Hey, and welcome back. <laughs> Hi. Why? Hey, and welcome back to Do Funny and Drill. These movies, I can't, I can't say it with my retainer and guys. <laughs>